0: Lise Poulsen-Flores is a Danish freelance writer. She's currently based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Her articles have been published internationally in all kinds of notable newspapers and magazines, namely ABC Australia, The Global Times, The Beijing Kids, and of course, Woman'scape. She's a former EU worker turned writer whose global travels have helped her to find the big story in the little story. She shares some of her highlights in the new lifestyle that she has, and the challenges of globetrotting and the writer's life. This is her story.
1: Welcome to Sippin' Own Stories, where we take you into the lives of diverse and unique change makers who turn anxiety, fear, and passion into powerful recipes for success. Good stories build insightful connections. But great stories. Now, that's something special. Today's story is one of those stories.
0: Welcome back. My name is Rose McInerney, and today we have another Sipping on Stories episode for you. I hope you are enjoying this series. I'm going to ask you to hit that subscribe button to Sipping on Stories and also to head over to our website, Sippingonstories.com. You'll find all kinds of extra details and information, ways to reach out and contact some of the people that we feature here, but also it's a chance for you to just relax and hear some of our past episodes. If you enjoy watching podcasts on YouTube, don't forget that we've got a YouTube channel. So head on over there and check us out because it's a chance to see and put a face to our guests as well. A big thank you to our sponsor, that's WomanScape. They're a place for people to go and to relax and to be inspired by change makers, men and women that are doing positive things and bringing light to the world while advancing human progress. So thank you, Womanscape, for all of your inspiration and your sponsorship of this uh, Sipping on Stories podcast. I am excited to get into the lounge today. We are meeting with Lise Flores. She is a writer. So we are sipping on The Writer's Life. The Writer's Life for Lise is about traveling around the world. So today's episode is an interesting one because, well, I am sipping on coffee, and grudgingly so. I am happy for Lise because she is going to join us with a beautiful glass of wine. And I've just been waiting for something outside of tea and coffee. Quite frankly, I really have. So while she is going to bed and getting ready for bed, she's going to spend some time with us in the lounge while I'm just starting my day. A little bit about Lise that you need to know. Uh, We met in Beijing four and a half years. Uh, She's been in Beijing for four and a half years. We met, I think it's been almost a year when I was in China. I did about three weeks of travel there last fall in the middle of November. And it was a fascinating time. And I had a chance to sit down and meet Lise. It was wonderful. Her storied life is something Thing I think you're going to find fascinating today. So we'll see what you take away. And if you are a burgeoning writer, I think there are some beautiful little nuggets of ways for you to consider how to start that journey if you haven't. And if you're already on it, it's always great to hear new stories. So without any further ado, we are going to head into the Sipping on Stories lounge and we're going to say hello to Lise. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to welcome Lise Flores into the Sipping on Stories Lounge. Lise, this is a long-awaited, very overdue conversation sitting down with you. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you, Rose. It's great to see you.
0: Oh, thanks. It's so great to see you. It's been a really long time. I want to tell our podcast listeners and our YouTubers that we met more than a year ago, was it a, or less than a year ago? It was last fall, last winter fall, and it was In Beijing, you had not moved and you were, I don't know if at that point you were preparing for your move because I'm going to let you tell our our listeners where you're coming from. So this is probably our most exotic place. We've been in Jakarta, we've been in um, Brisbane, Australia, but uh,
1: where are you coming from? Where are you right now, Lise? Uh, Well, those are very exotic places. I'm in (laughs) Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. Wonderful. uh just moved here uh, two months ago more or less
0: wow it's a place that i've never been it looks so exotic in pictures what's your weather like i know here in connecticut i'm i'm in connecticut it raining like cats and dogs is it nice
1: yeah, we, we do get rain almost every day, but it's, you, the, you know, the, the tropical uh, rain, uh, it's it's uh, just hot. It's it's um, uh, quite, I, I only know in Celsius, but I think the, the average temperature in, Malay in Kuala Lumpur is uh, 28 degrees. Uh, okay. So if you do day and night, 24, 7, 365 okay. days, wow. it's a hot climate.
0: Okay, it is a hot climate, yes. Um <laughs>
1: using my little napkin
0: here. Uh, no worries. You know, um, for anyone watching on YouTube, I'm sitting under lights to make this all bright. And I find by the end of these interviews, <laughs> I'm just sweating. So, um, no, I'm so excited for so many reasons. So Lise, you've come on board with Womanscape in writing articles and brought such a fresh global perspective to everything that you write about that I can't wait to dig into some of the articles and have you share just your lifestyle as a writer and some of the things you're curious about. But before we get there, I know that always in our our lounge, we like to sip on a little something while we, we exchange stories. And um, we had a quick little conversation offside. Um, can you please share what you're sipping today?
1: Well, it is evening so <laughs> I can uh, allow myself a glass of wine. It's uh, It's a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, my oh. favorite wine. Uh, That is,
0: honestly, that's my favorite wine as well. I love a crisp Sauvignon Blanc. I was just saying to some of my team how tired I am of sipping tea and coffee. So I'm a little down um, about not having a glass of wine with you, but I am there in spirit. I'm drinking coffee because, you know, it's morning here where I'm taping. So um, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. But cheers and coffee then and wine. Cheers. Cheers. So and I I actually I chose a mug today that has Paris on it and I did that on purpose because I think you were recently in Paris. I was
1: Yes, my um my youngest son, so my my middle child uh just started studying in Paris. Um, oh. so we were very lucky to be able to um in the midst of COVID-19 um, get him settled in Paris.
0: Exciting! So you have three children. I know that you have moved quite a bit with family, and you know this is a new adventure for you. But I thought you know this is a great opportunity for people to hear a little bit about maybe the emergence of your writing because I did not know this. You started as an EU worker. You were working in some capacity unrelated to writing, right?
1: Uh, totally. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm an EU official, um, and I've worked uh, around seven, eight years with uh, agriculture and fisheries in oh, uh, nice. in Brussels for the EU, um, but I was lucky enough to be able to take leave when my husband was offered a job in an EU delegation in China, so... Okay. Um, so, okay. yes, I'm, I'm an EU official on leave. Okay.
0: Uh, I won't ask you if you have any plans to go back because obviously things have changed dramatically, haven't they?
1: Uh, indeed, the yes. But, uh, you know, with, with a generous, uh, let's say, length of uh, how, how much leave we're able to take, um, yeah. I took this new opportunity. Um, you know, I was uh, very happy to take this new opportunity in Malaysia uh, for yeah. another uh, probably four years.
0: Okay, so you were you were in Beijing when we met, and you lived there for about four and a half years.
1: Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: and that's quite an experience. You know, what I was really impressed with was that you actually started learning the language, and you really became very yeah ingrained in the culture as well, and and soaked that all up. What was that like? It must have been a little scary. And
1: um, it's uh, it's a mouthful because um, uh, I think. It, one of the things I'm noticing here in Malaysia is is really the um, the huge difference in my life in being able to communicate communicate with people. Um, in Beijing, it would be fair to say that nobody speaks English. Yes. Um, so it is, an you know, a motivation for myself to to try to learn Mandarin. Um, and despite staying four and a half years in China and studying almost the full all the time, uh, I would still describe my Mandarin as very everyday (laughs) life. Vocabulary.
0: As long as you can order a coffee and maybe some of the basic things in life, you're okay. Well, I'd love to jump into a little bit, you know, in going through your feed, you know, I mentioned that I really as a a writer, there's so much that writers express about themselves, whatever it is that they bring to an article, whether it's perspective, a human compassion, a curiosity, the experiences you've had as a traveler. And I was really struck by one in particular about Qingyang. I love this post. This is a post where you talk about, you know, the security checks that you had to go through. And really, it was super interesting, that whole process. And can you kind of share your your visit there? Of course.
1: Um, Yeah, so first of all, China is an enormous country uh, with so much uh, cultural diversity, uh, you know, Everything is diverse: landscapes, to peoples, to to foods, right. uh, dialects, <laughs> language, food, everything. Um, Xinjiang was definitely high up on my, my list when we moved to China, uh, mm-hmm. being the, the, the far uh, western um, part Province. of uh, China, bordering mm-hmm. with a number of uh, countries um, uh, in in uh, mid Asia. Basically, we were only there for a few days. Yes, um, but the, the, it's it's so amazing. You, you you some of the landscapes you feel like you're in Indiana Jones. It's it's mm-hmm. really. Um, yeah. But I think one day we were probably stopped eight times by police. Okay. Um, us as tourists had to go through the check, as did our Uyghur guide, whereas our Han Chinese driver um, did not have to even leave the car.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay probably get the picture <laughs> right because this is a side that i didn't see in in china i i've loved my experiences there and i love the chinese culture and people and i don't know they're smart and so industrious and and beautiful really beautiful experiences did you have do, do you say anything about you being a journalist um, no uh,
1: if i had been a Foreign journalist uh, with yes. a, a foreign media outlet in China, I probably wouldn't have been able to tr- travel into Xinjiang. Okay. If okay. you if you even attempt that, um, you know, you, you are most likely completely followed every single step, Everywhere. everything you do, you're followed. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm just a freelance uh, yes. person, uh, writer with uh, the right. passion for stories, but but I'm I'm not a trained journalist, and I'm, I was not with any. Um, yes.
0: outlet. Well, and that's quite frankly, that's what I love about your writing. It's a, such a human perspective, and it's not looking for a big scoop. You have you have this beautiful saying in there about what it is that you look for in stories, and it's it's looking for how do you put it. Um, for the, the big story and the small
1: story.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful way to connect with each other today. And it's the reason probably that blogs and vlogs and all these outlets have done so well that people are looking for real and grounded and trustworthy in that. Plus, you just, you talked about how fascinating the place was. It looked like Mongolia to
1: me. There was just with the, the huts. The, the yurts. Um, yurts. Yurts? Yurts? so much um not so much maybe in xinjiang what i saw um okay. but in, but in inner mongolia which is the um chinese um which is a chinese province but it's yes. called inner mongolia okay. um, uh, maybe in, in in xinjiang like i said we were just there for a few days but you would see more uh, mm. old cave like uh, dwellings or you know it's 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 very fascinating
0: just a different way of life okay and so different from from your roots and where you started so you're born in Denmark can you share I mean when did you hit the road was it before getting married
1: I hit the road um after I had endured three uh, years of university, having already fallen in love three years prior to uh. that uh, with my Italian boyfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in 98, as soon as I got my bachelor's degree, I, I went okay. and lived in Rome uh, with oh. him, we- my husband.
0: Oh, fantastic. Okay. So lived in Rome. Did you do any studying? Did you have an inkling for writing as well? N-
1: not really until I, well, I did maybe a few tasks at work when I worked for the, for the EU, but, but sure. nothing really special. Um, okay. Danish, uh, and in particular written Danish was always my favorite subject at school. Uh, mm-hmm. I've maybe always liked to, to play with the language. And right. um, this is different, of course, because I write mostly in my uh, language that not, that's not my mother tongue, uh, which can be challenging sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but the writing really started when I moved to China and I decided to start a blog about uh, wow. everyday life in Beijing.
0: Okay. And that blog was 9 Million Bicycles. Is that right? Yeah. What a cool name. Where'd that
1: come from? Oh, it came from the song um, by Katie Melua. Oh. Uh,
0: Nine million bicycles. Okay, okay. I was thinking that ninety-nine Luft Balloons was the first thing. <laughs> yeah, that really dates me. But um, okay, so that's really that's really great. I see this as a wonderful way for listeners to see that you just don't know where life is going to take you. The fact that you've gone through, you know, you've lived in a number of different countries, three children, and now you have this—what I think is a burgeoning career in writing.
1: How many languages do you speak? Well, you know, in in Scandinavia, it's quite common that we speak foreign languages because we yes. know that nobody in the world speaks <laughs> our language. But we, when I grew up, we were um, German was still obligatory at school. Yes. Uh, but I wouldn't say that my German is very good now. I moved to Italy and I married an Italian, so of course. Um, I speak Italian. But actually, my university degree was in Spanish and, uh, and English. Uh, oh, business wow. Language okay. I studied.
0: Okay, that's completely confusing for me. How'd you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Because we, cause we yes. lived uh, many years in Belgium, where mm-hmm. we were, you know, uh, more or less forced story. it was very convenient to learn french
0: right okay so we're definitely very multi to the power of two for you for multi-language that's really wonderful because i think language itself too the way that we express and i know that you mentioned this in one of the blogs that i've read of yours that you know especially in the chinese language or mandarin language words the nuances can be you can really trip up is what i'm getting to you can say a word and really mess up you mean something completely different did you ever have that experience where you said something and
1: not really i had more the classroom experience where i you know struggled to to learn something that sounded so similar to something else and uh...
0: <laughs> okay well i think i would really really struggle having moved now from beijing if you look back at memories, I know you're going to have family memories, and from a personal perspective, what are the top three things that you sort of took away?
1: Um, I think uh, one very special experience was um, staying with a group of girlfriends at a Buddhist temple mm. in uh, north of Beijing. Um, we were only there for for like two days, but it was really a ver- very special. Okay. Uh, one of the only temples that actually takes in people to to stay for, for the night. Right. Um, we were, we were um, shown around by a monk, and through an interpreter, we were able to ask questions. any questions. Um, um, and we had to stay very silent, which can be challenging for a, a group of yeah. foreign women. <laughs> just we have to eat in silence and they do hours and hours of meditation um uh-huh. per day and we we were struggling just to do 20 minutes of sitting completely still um, yeah but it was a very Humbling experience and uh, and really mm. um, a very profound uh, understanding China uh, experience as well.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Having gone to some of the temples and just sort of stuck my head in, it's very restrictive for anyone really that's outside to be able to see what's what's truly happening or participate. That's really interesting. And and what why go there?
1: It was a, um, an organization in Beijing that that offered this tour with with a guide. Uh, from Beijing, so, okay. um, so a friend asked if uh, we could get get together yeah. in a group.
0: Uh, okay, I'm... and
1: I'm thinking about um, there. There were also some uh, very different memories. Um, one maybe more more like a, a jet setter experience. Okay. I don't know how, but suddenly my husband and I ended up in the south of China at a at a red carpet uh, movie event. <laughs> um, wow, yeah, basically um we were we were having a, a drink on a on a rooftop uh, bar in beijing and this uh, assistant of a film producer came over to me and said that her boss was saying that i looked like kate winslet you uh,
0: do. which is
1: something i <laughs> i not see at all <laughs> no. uh, but i'm very wow. pleasant because she's, she's my, beautiful. my favorite actress and mm-hmm. um, and before we knew it we um were given tickets to fly <laughs> to the south of China, be treated at a luxury hotel and um be wow. basically the only foreigners wow. at this, this red carpet event where we did not understand anything about wow. what was going on. But it was it was just a you know a very funny uh,
0: how smart. That's really smart on that assistance part because it looks like Kate is, you know, doing the the rounds there.
1: So yeah. honestly I, I don't see the resemblance. But ah. it, was, uh, it was very kind. And I think if I have to think of a, like a third uh, memory, um, a story that I wrote recently for Women's Gate was about the wild women on the wall. Yes. Um, and uh, this, this group of, of women, we were supposed mm. to do a, a 90K hike on the Great Wall um, this spring, but uh, due to COVID, yes. obviously that could not go ahead. But we did do, just before I left China, um, a, a, we walked a marathon together. Wow. um at the out on, on the outskirts of beijing and uh, it was it's one of the very uh, one of the fondest memories i'll take away um this this moment of being in china doing something um mm-hmm. as a group and uh, just supporting each other in in what was a very gloomy time for many people um mm-hmm. in china and in the world at the time yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's a very fun memory. It's
0: inspiring. That story was really inspiring because it's a bunch of women saying, you know, we don't have to run a marathon. It's about the sisterhood of being together and doing it, as you say. For a, a larger purpose, it's helping. It's the money that was raised for that you put back into the community and support programs, didn't you? It's very cool having. Um, and I'm gonna. I'm going to assume you walked the Great Wall or some part of it.
1: I did. I tried to do as you know as many sections yes. as, as we could. We were very uh, lucky in Beijing to have the Great Wall of China within an yeah. hour drive. Um, yes. Sometimes a bit further, depending where you. Where, I mean, it's eight thousand kilometers. Long yeah (laughs) um so but um but yes uh, and and I would say that in four and a half years I never tired of of this this majestic look of the great wall you know it
0: I yeah and it's so different in each of the sections too you know my experience there was really humbling because I remember my husband and I I don't think we appreciated we knew it was massive but you can get to the wall from so many different entrance points really and when Wherever the guide took us for our first experience, we were so humble because, you know, as you start to walk up within about 20 minutes, you're already winded if it's if it's steep in that section and I had little old women and men like jogging up the steps beside me completely in amazing shape and making us feel like we were really old and and out of shape we were westerners out of shape but it is something to behold and I know there's great stories around it with artists Marina Abramovich that have done really cool things but yeah and and what about what about some of the other things in China did you Enjoy any of the movies? Are you a movie fan? Um, Do you mean Chinese movies? Chinese movies, yeah.
1: I would lie if I said I had watched, maybe I've watched one or two, but mostly um, a couple of Hong Kong movies in Cantonese, because my my son is very interested
0: um,
1: in movies. So, um,
0: but... uh, No subtitles, I guess. (laughs) I'm thinking of Parasite was a really, I don't know if you've seen that. But it's Korean. Oh, it's not, is it? Why did I? I think I I thought I saw it lumped in with a Asian film festival. Isn't that interesting?
1: But it's an amazing
0: movie. I've watched it. It is. So those are all happy, great stuff, you know. And even in your articles, I read some of your your. They weren't exposés, but you did one in particular that was about gay rights, I think, or you did an undercover. Story and that one was an interesting one for you, too. I think, in terms of how much control, and but you, you
1: really enjoyed the learning in that. Yes, um, I've written a couple of stories about the LGBT community in, uh, in China. Yes, um, yeah. there, there was a, a portrait of a group of uh, drag queens in Beijing, that was, um, it. Mm-hmm. But, but, but also, um, uh, an, an activist who is uh, transgender, uh, okay. Chao Xiaomi um very very interesting uh, story um uh, maybe some hurdles on the way i i used uh, she spoke no very little english but um oh. but i used uh, an interpreter and um it was a story where i also had to to look into the um you know the the uh, gender change surgery in uh, in china and and interview uh, a surgeon Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and and yeah um the whole yeah. thing um was a very interesting process yeah and um, i think mm-hmm. those stories are very interesting to to tell would have been difficult for uh to get it published on on mainland yes. china uh, media right. probably but this is for a hong kong paper right
0: right oh okay because it was it was fascinating and and i love that all of your stories are really diverse you you Seem to go with. Do you identify these ahead of time, or these assignments, or um, things that you were just? Wow, this is really curious. I, I, I want to know.
1: Um, I think sometimes it's just it's 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 an idea, and and it's very often uh, you know inspired by people I meet or I know or I talk talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a, a story uh, published about. I noticed when I arrived in Malaysia that, uh, that many uh, women were wearing a mask over their hijab. Oh. And, uh, and basically, right. because their ears are not exposed, I, was, I started looking into these gadgets, beautiful, sparkly gadgets, and, uh, <laughs> you know, interviewed yeah. some of them and said, how, how do you make them? Where do you buy them? How important is it to stay fashionable um, yes. as a hijabi? Mm-hmm. Um, so just... Almost uh, very random ideas that (laughs) you're
0: you're asking questions. We're thinking, and that's interesting. I didn't know that about the masks. I know that having been to Abu Dhabi and Dubai, one thing I noticed is the beautiful shoes that women wear under their hijabs. Um, Very very. So things that were really difficult or any memories in Beijing, and I I don't want to, I guess I don't want to get stuck on Beijing, we can talk about your life in terms of traveling, because I don't know how how often you've been uprooted, but are there things in around there that as a mother and a writer?
1: There there is, of course. uh... You know, getting to know people and then say goodbye. Uh, it's mm. It's tough, it's tough for the for the kids. Um, but um, I think one of the things I've been reflecting on lately is about uh, family and uh, how how important it's always been to me that my my parents have been very supportive. I've met so many people uh, while being an expat who uh, were constantly living with a sense of guilt. Um, because their parents would say you know you you took you took my grandchildren to the other side of the world or you mm-hmm. you know so so things that are uh, yeah put put blame on on my friends and uh, and i think for many years i just kind of took took my family I, i've always you know treated them nicely i think but but <laughs> uh, you know took them a little bit for granted um, Mm -hmm. and I feel that now I really uh, as my parents are are getting older as well um, I I feel a a need to be very much uh, in contact uh, although seeing them is of course uh, very rare. So I think if if I think of one thing that's also been difficult um, it is this this thing about being uh, away from uh, family. Family. But on the other hand Indeed, their support has been so important that, that it hasn't stopped me. I don't
0: know. I felt that too. You, I think you know I'm Canadian born and moving to the U.S. and being separate. I'm from a big family of five kids. My husband's one of eight. So this was, yeah, this was huge for us, you know, and staying connected. You know, we've got devices now that allow us to do this. Did anyone ever come and visit you in Beijing?
1: All the time. All yes, the time. A lot of people in, in Beijing and Brussels In yeah. And, yeah. So um, we we are just hoping now that um, people, including my two sons, can come and visit yes. us in Malaysia. Yeah, um, it's tough at the moment because borders are closed uh, at least until end of December. Do you feel a little? I mean, I guess
0: it's a it's a brand new experience. It's a it's a new landscape for you to explore as. As a person, as a mom, as a wife, as a writer, do you have anything in the, sort of in the works that you're doing that, that you're excited about there in Malaysia for you?
1: Um, it's, I've, I've had to consider really what I want to do with this, this uh, experience. And uh, to be completely honest with you, now mm-hmm. having one teenage, uh, daughter with me, sure. um, I'm feeling so much more free than, than of course, when we had to get everything working with the kids, um, (laughs) I wouldn't mind going back to work in Malaysia, but it's very difficult for accompanying spouses um, uh, due to visa issues and so on. So I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, But um, I am, you know, intending to, to keep writing stories and, and uh, go into the of the KL yeah, uh, hopefully some, some coverage of um, of environmental issues as well in Malaysia and uh, right. you know, other other things.
0: Yeah, what have you noticed about it that's so different? I know that's a massive question, but you—you just just in hearing your words, environment. You know, obviously the climate's not that different, really. It looks a lot more lush from pictures that I've seen. Oh, it's
1: very lush. uh, And to be honest, I had always wanted to try and live in uh, the tropics, tropics, so I'm very pleased. Yeah, I think I had never lived in a Muslim country. Uh, um, okay. But but really, um, what's very interesting, and and um, also maybe you have to, you know, be be a little bit careful sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, they they are totally cool about us saying. You are Chinese Malaysian, you are Indian Malaysian, you are just Malay. Um, oh, yeah. you know, It, okay. it's, it really is um, an incredible uh, melting pot to be here. So oh, it's something you, you kind of have to uh, adjust to and also make the most of to explore yes. very interesting cultural aspect of this country.
0: Yes. And are there a lot, is there a, a rich community of, you know, expats
1: or people from Europe? Or From, from what I understand, a lot of people uh, have left or or are still stuck outside the country uh, I see. Uh, right now. But I found, a have joined a, a nice little Danish um, group of ladies. Uh, ah. We're doing also Okay. Um, I had my, my Danish book club. It was lovely.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, there's some great Danish books too. So that's really great. I mean, I'm excited for you and I can't help but think. And I'm not pushing in this direction, but have you ever thought about writing a book? Like, this is a good time.
1: Uh, it, I have been thinking about it, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting, you should ask. Uh, I have not gone, I, I've not even started really looking into the process, but I. Right. Um, I think the only thing I have decided if I did it was that it would be in Danish. Yes. Um, there are okay. some, some nuances that I, I feel that I, I would need get to more the, with, with the, my, my native tongue. Um, probably something um, along the lines of expat uh, women or this kind of community or mm-hmm. uh, yes. some kind of fiction story.
0: Well, I think it's great. People are thinking now, especially during this time, about how they can reimagine their lives and what's super, super important, what's left undone. What do we really want to do with our time? How do we want to spend it? And then my experience, having moved around a little bit, not nothing as exotic as you, is that there's just great communities out there of women that are global that you can connect to. And, you know, friends of mine have, one or two of them have sold everything, in their later years, they're older than I am, but they've sold everything. And one of them in particular just started house sitting around the world. So it was kind of an interesting thing. And it was a way for her, she spoke Spanish, I think she had a little bit of Italian or something, but and just English. And that was it. And she's traveled up until COVID. I'm sure it's, you know, things are shut down now for her. But she was in, you know, 30 countries. 30 different countries just at a time and really getting the grassroots experience of what that's like. And I, it sounds like you've learned how to do this very well.
1: There are moments um, you, you, I think my, my getting into writing was also a, a desire to maybe reinvent yourself a little bit when you mm-hmm. get away from, from the career that you knew um, yes. and, uh, and you can follow a, you have this big opportunity really to follow a, a different path. Um, right. It's it's not always um, that easy, maybe to, you know, one of the most difficult, you were asking before about difficulties, and I was mm-hmm. thinking uh, saying that you are a writer is actually uh, difficult because people always want you to be put in a box. Okay, but did you actually study literature or did you actually, right. you know? So, yeah. Um, I found comfort uh, once in a um, in a Facebook group that I'm following for for it's called I think writers helping writers, oh. and someone wrote if you um, if you uh, what, what defines a writer and the answer was well you write so you are a writer. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that, you know. And, and and I think we're all writers. If you take that word right,
0: we can write a number of different ways. It doesn't have to be through the language that we assume right off. And that, to your point, that it's with an organized group, a newspaper, or anything. I think a writer is a writer is a writer. I really do, too. So I, I'm fascinated by your stories. Um, if people want to read more about those things that you're writing that aren't published on, on WomanScape, where can they go to see them?
1: Um, I have a website where I've uh, uh, put, uh, you know, samples of my, my writing for, for different uh, media. Okay. Um, and I think that's probably the easiest thing. Uh, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm not very good at um, including my writing in my, my Instagram <laughs> profile. <laughs> I share on Facebook, um, but Instagram, I'm just my, my family self and my, yeah, I don't know, party. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's not so serious. I wanted to say that I have my yes. woman's ah! case right here. One, one of the issues, um, Amazing. and I'm, I'm thrilled to be, um, part of, of that, uh, team and that journey. Um, and I, I'm just, uh, really pleased about it. I show it to, to everyone that comes into the house.
0: Thank you. <laughs> um, Thank
1: you, Liz. And, um, Yes, it's a fantastic opportunity for me. Uh, wonderful. Well, it's
0: only going to get better, I think. Well, I know we've got just really exciting stuff happening on woman'scape, and the sipping on stories is really an opportunity to lift the stories up off the page and have these kinds of conversations that we're having now that are just a way for people to sip on, okay, what do I take away from that story? You know, what is it that resonates with me? And I think the less we prescribe our expectations from it, and the more that we are just open about, you know what you said. I I really loved it finding the big story and the small stories, for each of us. Our our stories feel small, don't they? And yet I'm I bet people are wowed by your lifestyle, and you probably
1: think, oh well, it's just me. I'm you know yeah I I, I think maybe people think it's it's this um you know jetsetter high jet flying lifestyle. <laughs> topics and uh, but of course uh, i also get get bad days and i i sure. think uh, i'm i'm super grateful that i have the opportunity to now uh, sit down and and think about ideas um ask mm. people like yourselves would you like me to <laughs> to tell yes. this, uh, this story mm. um and uh, some say no that that's another thing you have to know sure. if, if you want to um if you want to try and get published yeah um Editors can easily be like, yeah. you know, or we just covered this last year, or I don't see right. really the, the line of where you want to go. And so, so you have to be prepared for Got a little strong. bit of... A, yeah, getting knocked knock back a little bit sometimes.
0: Yeah, so, you know, you have to be prepared that when you pass yourself off as Kate Winslet that you might be told no. But I think that's that's a, a good thought. For people that are interested in writing, um, advice on where to start because this journey is still relatively fresh for you, as it is for me. You know, have you had anyone come up and ask you, hey, I would like to do this or...
1: I've had I've had a couple of people uh, especially when I was living in Beijing because I mm-hmm. I did share you know when when something I had written got published or um I also wrote on my my website a little um something about the process of pitching writing rewriting
0: okay.
1: <laughs> check, fact checking and all of this um and just uh, you know keep keep going but I think um, the important thing is you you believe in in an idea you believe in um, in a story. Um, yes. Pitch is very important, and the pitch is something I've tried to improve uh, over these past four or five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, also, with the her- with the help of professional journalists, um, um. you know, uh, trying to to really get get to the point in your in your pitch and why it would be interesting for um, right. their particular readers to. Um, to read something like that.
0: So learning how to sell it to some extent, I guess that's what we, you know, we grapple with. We want to balance somewhere in the curiosity of getting something that's real, but we also know it has to be saleable. And that sense, it's, We relate to each other as human beings on some level. That it's going to grab you. Honestly, your writing style grabs me. Before we go, are there things that you know you want to share with people? This is a a great opportunity in terms of your experiences traveling and I don't know. Do you have any life mantras?
1: Try to have fun in in what you do. Um, Try to maybe not put put yourself into a box. I think that um, when I try to on my little bio on my website, I try to say, I say something like, I don't know what comes first. Is it a mother? Is it EU official? Is it singer? Because I enjoy singing very much. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. is, it, is it writer? Is it? Um, but I think I conclude that I have uh, gone through life so far without a major uh, identity crisis. Yes. Um, but those little snippets of life, of the different things you enjoy and your hobbies and what you Maybe earn a little bit a little bit of money from um, as long as you you enjoy them um, I think that's uh, that's very important That's
0: perfect, honestly, that's always our sign off to enjoy the last you know to make every sip count so this could not could not be a, a better um, sales pitch, I think for people about how to live. Yeah, I, really and I want mind.
1: to say, Rose, um, I don't know if you can uh, post my, my email address or my website. I'm very happy to um, hear from people who would like to take on um, freelance writing and, and particularly if you are looking to get published, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I can maybe come with some tips. I don't know, but I'm happy to try.
0: Love it. Okay, so we're going to take you up on that. And on the Sipping on Stories website, we do have a little follow-up, and we'll include your email now that we've got your permission and your website. That's great to know that you'll people can reach out and you're a resource for them. So thank you. Thank Thank you, thank you, Liz. From the
1: bottom of my heart, Uh, I really enjoyed this. I wish we were in the same room, but
0: um, Until then. Well, cheers. I hope you have a great evening as I start my day here. And um, great day. Thank you. Thanks again, Lise. Look forward to talking soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Wow. What a really interesting and different interview that was. You know, always on Sipping on Stories, we talk about, People facing challenges and then how they come through it, particularly challenges that are dire. They can be a question of kind of the economy, something in life. You've lost your job. You've lost a loved one. There's something harrowing that turns your life upside down and you really sink down to the bottom. I don't know that we heard that today with Lise, but it doesn't make it any less of a beautiful story about transformation. And what I love about this interview with Lee's is that she teaches us at the end of the day to enjoy what you do. And I think that's on her website. Uh, so we will share all of that. But find the good, find the fun. So no matter what is happening in your life, look for the bright spots. We all know that The way that we orient our brains and not taking for granted the fact that we are alive, that we can take a breath, even amidst confining situations or any kind of challenges that seem way too big to handle. There are always outlets. And I love, love, love this story because I don't think Lee's expected that her life would, that she would take this foray into writing. I do believe we're all writers. We all have a story to tell, and I look forward to sharing more of these great stories with you, and I hope you share your story with us. There's an open invitation if you are a burgeoning writer or someone that's even thought about it. Please reach out. You can always reach out to me through Sipping on Stories, but also reach out to Lise because her journey, I think, is an interesting one, and she's open to chatting. So, takeaway today, I think you've already heard it. Make every sip count. Know that your life matters. It's going to matter even more if you hit that subscribe button for us. I would really love that. Give us a five-star rating, and then that way you signal the people that we're worth listening to. At the end of the day, I'm just going to say have a, a great one. Enjoy life. Never feel like there isn't some way for you to express how you're feeling and to use that expression as a way to lift yourself up. We're counting on you. We're cheering you on. Make every sip a really great one. That's a wrap for today. We'll see you soon. Take care, everyone.